Republic of Texas and broadcasting around the world, this is the Max McGuire Show. This is our last chance to take this country back. That's true. Listen, it doesn't matter that Joe Biden is losing his mind. He still betrayed this country. Come on, man. So get ready, because the Max McGuire Show starts right now. Welcome back to another edition of the Max McGuire Show. My name is Max McGuire. Good to be back. Good to be back. It has been a little bit. It's been a little bit. I've been traveling. I have been spending time with family. I just got back from Florida. I was with my mother, my grandparents, and my son, Max Jr. Had a great, refreshing vacation to Florida. Um, Batteries are recharged. Lots to get into today. So hit that rumble button if you haven't already. I know lots of people were upset. I haven't I haven't uh, live streamed in a couple weeks. It's been a couple weeks. Um, I was in Vegas and it was hard to get the internet in the hotel to work. Um, so I had to uh, kind of abandon that. I was able to put up two episodes in Vegas. Um, then tried to do it in Florida, but I was daddy in charge. I was <laughs> in charge of my son. So it was a little hard to get some peace and quiet. But now that I'm back, there's lots we need to talk about. So again, hit that rumble button if you haven't already. Hit that share button. Comment, comment, comment. Love to see your comments. And uh, yeah, so let's get started. So lots of, has been happening since I left. First thing, I guess we can get out of the way. I'll mention it later on for anyone who joins us later in the broadcast. But my book is out. This is the author copy, so it has that not for resale on it. But my book is now available on Amazon. The Conservative Guide to Winning Every Gun Control Argument. That's available now on Amazon. So go ahead, head over there. Link is in the description. Lots of people have been asking, how can they support the channel? This is one way you can do it. We're going to be having more ways that people can support um, rolling it out, memberships, things like that, donations. But if you want to get inside my head, this is a book that I have been writing Oh my goodness, for the better part of four years. I've been writing it for four years, on and off. Left Conservative Daily and I figured it was time to finish it. So I finished it. And this is literally the Conservative's Guide to Winning Every Gun Control Argument. I mean, I, I could keep going. There were a couple things I thought, hey, I probably could have talked about that a little bit more. Hey, what about that? What about that? But it gets to the point where we have to stop it. It stopped at 446 pages. So this is like a like a textbook that you would get from a university, from college, if you're in a course. There's 20 pages of footnotes, endnotes at the end. I think, uh, I don't want to get it wrong. I, I made sure to meticulously cite everything I could. 482 endnotes. And some of those have multiple sources within endnotes just to save space. 482 endnotes. So this is a, a guide. The Conservative's Guide. I mean, I want this to be a series. My next one's going to be on abortion, the Conservative's Guide to Winning Every Abortion Argument. I want this to help people because I've spent the last decade arguing about this stuff, debating liberals, um, arguing on behalf of conservative values, conservative ideals, conservative policies. And it's not hard to do. I've had to read a lot. I've had to study a lot. I've had to learn a lot. But it's easy to do. And these are arguments that are easy to win. So this is the first in the series, Conservative Conservative's Guide to Winning Every Gun Control Argument, available on Amazon, will be available later this week in other retailers. I just have to go through a different company to do that distribution. Um, 
Amazon has extended distribution where um, basically right now it's on Amazon's print to order. So if you order it, they print one and they send it that way. I don't have to have a million of these in my house and handle the shipping. Um, but when Amazon, Amazon will put it in like Barnes and Noble and things like that, but they only pay me like, I think it's like a dollar, less than a dollar every time it's sold. So that's not going to work. So I have to go through another company, Ingram Spark. Um, they're going to handle distribution. I just have to set up an account there. So I'm going to do that today. So that will be coming out. But if you want to get on Amazon, I know people don't like Amazon, but I promise it's a good book. <laughs> Available on Amazon, a conservative guide to winning every gun control argument. Okay. I'll mention that a little bit later for anyone who joins late, but let's get back to the topic at hand. There really is no time to waste here. The rhinos have now all revealed themselves. We, we know what we've long, ex, long suspected, that Kevin McCarthy is a no-good snake. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Kevin McCarthy is no conservative. He is right now the House Minority Leader. He is set to become the House Majority Leader. He's set to become the Speaker of the House in just a few months when Republicans, as is expected, retake the House of Representatives in the midterm elections. Democrats are going to get smoked. It's going to take a lot of fraud. It's going to take a lot of absentee mail-in ballots for the Democrats to save this thing. I, I guess it's technically possible, but all of the data shows that they're going to get absolutely smoked. The problem is, you can't just celebrate that. You can't just celebrate, oh, rah, rah, we're going to win. Republicans win. Yay, everything's better now. Because this is the guy, Kevin McCarthy, who's going to take over unless we stop them. Unless we stop him and others like him. So what happened? There's a book coming out that has obtained recordings of Kevin McCarthy on a call with other Republican leaders, including Liz Cheney. It's suspected that this came from Liz Cheney's office. A recording of him saying that he was going to tell Trump to resign shortly after the January 6th protest. On this private call between him and other Republican leaders, Kevin McCarthy said that he was thinking about calling Trump and urging him to resign. I want to play this clip. I know people have probably seen it. This came out last week. I was on vacation. I want to talk about this because it's important. It's also important the fact that Fox News isn't playing this. Talk about that in just a little bit. But for now, let's go ahead and play this. This is cut one. McCarthy telling Trump, saying that he wants to tell Trump to resign. Reached out to the congressman's office following that statement, specifically asking again and drilling down on the question of whether or not Mr. McCarthy said he would push President Trump to resign. Oh, by the way, I'm, I'm going to play this on Rachel Maddow. I hate it, but it's the clip I could get. Leader McCarthy also issued a statement himself today saying, in part, quote, the New York Times reporting on me is totally false and wrong. The problem with these denials from Mr. McCarthy and his office is that we have now obtained audio of that January 10th phone call that Leader McCarthy held with other top Republicans in which he in fact said he's going to call Trump and tell him that he must resign. The authors of this new book, Jonathan Martin and Alexander Burns from the New York Times, they have shared that audio of this call with us so that we can share it with you tonight so that you can know that when Kevin McCarthy denies that this happened, he is not telling the truth. Here it is. Liz, you on the phone? Yeah, I'm here. Thanks, Kevin. Um, I guess there's a question. When when we were talking about the 25th Amendment resolution, um, yeah. and you asked if, if, you know, what happens if it gets there after he's gone, is is there any chance, are you hearing that he might resign? Is there any reason to think that might happen? 
I've had some few discussions. My gut tells me no. Um, I'm seriously thinking of having that conversation with him tonight. I haven't talked to him in a couple of days. Um, from what I know of him, I mean, you guys all know him too. Do you think he'd ever back away? But what what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to call him. My this, this is what I think. Um, no one will pass the house. I think there's a chance he'll pass the Senate even when he's gone. Um, and I think there's a lot of different ramifications for that. Now, I haven't had a discussion with the Dems that if he did design, would it not happen? Now, this is one personal fear I have. Um, I do not want to get into any conversations about Pence pardoning anything like that. I mean, the only discussion I would have with him wow. is that I think this will pass and it would be my recommendation we should resign. Um, I mean, that would be my take, but I don't think he would take it, but I don't know. So, huh. we got to set the context here. That was, I believe, January 11th. A couple days after January 6th. This was a time when Mitch McConnell made it completely clear that he wanted Trump gone. He blamed Trump for this. In public, McCarthy was singing a different tune. He was saying that, yes, Donald Trump had some responsibility for this, but he was blaming the Democrats more. And there was... A conversation happening among Democrats before they ultimately settled on trying to impe on impeaching him again, Trump again, they were talking about using the 25th Amendment. And it was such a, a ridiculous notion. The 25th Amendment is, is to be used when a president is incapacitated, either physically or mentally. Donald Trump was not mentally incapacitated. He gave a speech on January 6th where he told everyone to go protest peacefully, go peacefully, let their voices be heard. That was not a man who was losing his mind. He posted a video on Twitter telling everyone to go home, go home, stop this, go home. And it was taken down. So, I mean, it, he was not out of his mind. So it was always going to be a crazy thought that the Democrats would actually do this. But what you see behind the scenes is instead of Republicans saying, no, we can't let them do this. We can't let them use the 25th Amendment to abuse their power to remove a sitting president nine days before he's set to leave office anyway. We can't No, That's not the conversation we're having. The conversation they were having between McCarthy, Liz Cheney, and others was whether or not they're going to support this January, this uh, 25th Amendment push and what would happen if it passes and he's already gone. And you can hear McCarthy there saying that he's thinking about calling Trump and it's, his, it's of his opinion that Trump should resign, that the president of the United States should resign from office nine days, ten days before he's set to be replaced. There were, there were no conservatives arguing that. That was Liz Cheney's position. And what's interesting is when Kevin McCarthy was called out on this in early 2021, he denied it. He denied that this ever happened. He said he had no idea what the reporter was talking about. Let's go ahead and play this old clip. Cut to. And how do we make sure that never happens again? Yes, Mr. Leader. In the spirit of disclosing private conversations, did you tell House Republicans on the January 11th phone call that President Trump told you he agreed that he bore some responsibility for January 6th, as Chairman Thompson's letter indicates? I, I'm not sure what call you're talking about. So, 
No idea. No idea what call you're talking yeah. about. Hmm. Now, obviously, if a if a CNN reporter starts badgering him about internal Republican phone calls, he's not going to start just spilling the beans. But this is the problem with McCarthy. In the, in recent days, he has still denied that this conversation happened, even after the book. The excerpts were released even after the New York Times said, hey, we have these recordings. Kevin McCarthy kept saying, no, this didn't happen. This didn't happen. I never said that. And as you just heard, he said it. Now, I don't know if that call ever happened. I don't know if that call between McCarthy and Trump where McCarthy urged him to resign. We don't know if it happened. McCarthy says it didn't. At this point, I don't believe McCarthy. Do you? Do you believe McCarthy? He was denying that this backroom conversation ever even happened up until a few days ago. So why would anyone believe him now when he says, oh, I, I, I was thinking about it, but I didn't follow through. This is the Republican leadership, folks. We thought that Liz Cheney was ostracized. Remember, there were votes to there were votes to potentially kick her out of the caucus. And early whip counts said that that would have passed had it not been for Republican leaders swooping in to protect her. We assumed that Liz Cheney was on the outs. But no, what you see here is up until the last days of the Trump administration, Liz Cheney was still on these leadership calls. She was still holding a position of power within the House, even though House leadership had assured us that she was no longer pulling the strings. And now you see McCarthy, McCarthy, who had tried to set himself up as the anti-McConnell, as someone who can have fun at, at the cocktail parties. At, uh, renting John Luntz's spare bedroom for $1,500 a month in like a 7,000 square foot apartment, penthouse apartment. He can, he can bridge the gap between the establishment rhinos and the grassroots conservatives. Remember he gave that eight and a half hour speech this year, last year, and all the media clapped. Oh, well, the conservative media said, wow, I even do. I said, wow, it's impressive to talk that long. It's not easy. As someone who does this regularly, talking for half an hour to an hour at times, it's not easy to speak for eight and a half hours. He's tried to paint this picture of himself as a conservative and as someone who is also a link to the establishment. But he has always been a rhino. He has always been a swamp creature. We know that now. We know that now. There is no room in the Republican Party for anyone who in the days after January 6th held the position that Donald Trump should resign. What we, I mean, even what, knowing what we knew then, Knowing what we know now, definitely not, right? It's insane for anyone to still hold that belief. But then, even then, we knew that this was not true, the way the media was painting the narrative that Donald Trump stoked violence. It just wasn't true. So I had to play that clip. I had to play that clip from MSNBC. And I hate doing that. I hate playing the clip from MSNBC. But I have to, because Fox News... Conservative outlets aren't really covering this. They've started covering a little bit more, more the backlash, giving McCarthy a chance to respond. But it wasn't Fox News that ran with this. I find it really interesting because when Mitch McConnell gets caught in scandals like this, Fox News run, runs with it, right? They run with it. They are more than happy to embrace the McConnell hate within the conservative movement. But just as they shielded Paul Ryan before him, Paul Ryan now intimately involved backroom dealings at Fox News, they have attempted to shield Kevin McCarthy. And it was interesting when this broke, I was in Florida at my grandparents' house and I don't have cable. 
lots of people think that's crazy that I don't have cable. I don't have cable. Um, I'm able to watch enough clips online, watch enough pirated stuff online to know what's happening. I read enough to know what's happening. I found myself, it, it wasn't worth it. My, my TV was on Fox News all day and I hated Fox News so <laughs> after the election, so why pay for it? I found that it's actually made me a happier person not having cable news. Though I do enjoy just sitting down and vegging for a bit and just watching the news. So I was there and, and being, given the fact that I read most of the news, that's how I consume what's going on and following social media clips and whatever, I knew that this was happening. I knew that McCarthy was going down in flames. Like if conservatives knew this happened, they would be calling for his head. So when I flipped on Fox News to see what was going on, Fox News wasn't talking about it. Fox News was talking about Disney, which is an important story. They were talking about Twitter, which again, is an important story, but they weren't talking about this. They weren't talking about the push within the GOP leadership in just the days after January 6th to pressure Trump to resign from office. They weren't covering it. Lots of times we talk about media bias in terms of what they put out. Media bias is also measured by what they choose not to put out, by what they choose not to disseminate. And the fact that Fox News in the early days of this chose to go completely silent on this leaked audio should tell you all you need to know about Fox News. Fox News is not there for conservatism. They're not there for conservatives. They serve establishment Republicans. McCarthy is on Fox News almost every day, it seems. Right? They ran cover for him because they didn't want this to get out. It did eventually, though, break through. And there was a reporter, and I apologize, his name now escapes me. I watched it a couple days ago. There was a reporter who actually called McCarthy out, got to McCarthy at the U.S. border, and was able to ask him about this. So I want to play this because I, I've been looking for it. To this day, This is I, I think McCarthy might have done an interview yesterday. But before I was preparing for this show yesterday, this was the only real clip of real criticism of McCarthy I could find on Fox News. Go ahead and play this. This is McCarthy at the border, as shown by Fox News. Play cut three. Republicans win. Uh, and to that point, you know what's out there. The New York Times has released audio of you where uh, days after January 6th, you're on a call with House Republican leadership, and you're heard on that audio saying that you've, quote, had enough with President Trump and that you would tell him to his face it would be your belief that he should resign. Do you still stand by those comments? Look, I never told the president to resign. It was a conversation that we had about scenarios going forward. But that's not really what critical happened 15 months ago. What's happening is what's happening on this border right now. Our border is not secure. 160 different countries of people are coming across. He's good at we spending. now have enough fentanyl in America to kill every American seven times over. He's really actually good at doing this. it. It's the number one cause of death to Americans between the ages of 18 and 45. This is real life things happening today. And this, this is, is what we need master. to be And regarding that audio tape, you had said the New York Times no. reporting on it was, quote, play. false and wrong. Then the tape came out. Did you lie? No, because what was brought to me is said that I called the president to say that, um, that uh, to resign. I never called the president to say resign. He and I have a very good relationship as we go through. But what really needs to happen here is we're watching what's happening in this country. A border that's not secure. Inflation Again, continuing it. to rise every spin day. It. Streets that are not safe. 
um, parents that are being attacked by the attorney general saying that uh, somehow they're terrorists because they want to go to school board meetings, that all changes when Republicans take the majority. Does the fact that this audio was leaked in the first place mean that there Back are some the Republicans out there who have some knives out for you? I, I think it's probably a little more of the Democrat side as well. I mean, uh, Elizabeth Warren, Adam Schiff, and Swalwell, mm -hmm. you know, those people won't be on Intel anymore. And that's okay. You could judge me by my enemies. I think I'll be a good, 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 good um, judgment. Final question on this topic. Let's say Republicans win and you're speaker again, or you seek to be speaker again. Do you think this tape has any impact on that? No, I don't think it has any impact at all. It what should. really has impact is what we're doing today to make sure Title 42 does not get lifted. That you've got a Biden Spin administration it. that has opened up this more. border, that you're now oh. having people on the terrorist watch list coming across into America. Why are they coming here? Who are they talking to? And what do they have planned? We have 160 different countries. We have an unsecured border, and he wants to lift Title 42. So what you saw there was a spin master. McCarthy has been at this long enough. He knows how to spin these things. And credit to the reporter. Again, his name escapes me. I knew it a couple of days ago. Credit to him for every time not letting him spin his way out of this. Um, I mean, I, I just got back from Florida. That was like watching an alligator do a death roll. That's how hard McCarthy was trying to spin his way out of that. And the reporter, to his credit, did not let him change the topic, kept pushing the issue. But the, the reporter is absolutely correct. When The fact that McCarthy now claims he never had the call means nothing to me. Because a couple days ago, he said that private conversation never happened and whoever claimed it did was lying. Then the New York Times showed the evidence. And now he says, oh, well, I never had the call. Well, I'm sorry. Tell the truth. If you want us to just take you at your word, then tell the truth. Don't lie. I mean, he knew it was coming. He knew that they had the tapes. He knew the call existed. He was trying to call their bluff, I guess. I don't know. But why would any conservative believe him? And why should he ever be entrusted with leadership? Remember what this call was about, whether or not Donald Trump, nine days before leaving office, should be removed through the use of the 25th Amendment for a protest that went bad at the Capitol, of which he was over a half a mile away at the Ellipse, nowhere even near it. He was still giving his speech when the violence started erupting at the front of that line, which as we've covered, as I've covered extensively, you look at people like Ray Epps whispering in people's ear and all of a sudden, a couple of seconds later, they start pushing down these, these bicycle, uh, bicycle barriers, bike racks, sorry. Um, there, there was an element of that being pre-planned, but it wasn't Donald Trump's doing. He told everyone to march down to the Capitol and protest peacefully while he was saying that it had already gone violent. At the front. No, McCarthy cannot be allowed anywhere near the leadership because McCarthy has now shown us his true colors. He didn't want you to know that. He didn't want you to see that tape. He spent the past year plus denying that that conversation ever happened. Even after he was contacted by the authors of the book, he still continued to deny it ever happened. Even after they released the transcript, he denied it happened. They released the audio and now he says, oh, it's okay. It did happen, but don't worry. Trust me. I never made the call. He said multiple times on that private phone call between the GOP leadership that it, it was his opinion Donald Trump should resign and he's going to call him and tell him to do so. I'm sorry, I don't believe him when he says he didn't make that call. I don't believe him when he says that wasn't really his belief and his opinion. I don't believe him. Don't believe him.
Now, Donald Trump has since apparently held a call with him, and apparently everything's good. Everything should not be good. Donald Trump has made this mistake over and over and over again, where he trusts people in the GOP that he shouldn't. I mean, put aside the Russia Gate, putting aside the special counsel, putting aside all that, Don, even without that, I believe that Donald Trump's ter- first term, because I believe he, if he chooses to run, he probably will get a second term. His first term in office, even without all the Democrat obstruction, right? Even if that didn't happen, I still think it would have been kneecapped by Republicans. I still think you would have had Republicans doing everything in their power to stop him from accomplishing anything. You still wouldn't have a border wall, even if Republicans controlled everything with supermajorities. They want it. The reason that the Trump had to take action on his own to build the border wall is because Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell didn't want it to go up, period. They had the power. They had all the power in the world to force that through. Didn't bother. Now, Donald Trump's first term would have been, he would have been kneecapped by Republicans even without any of the Democrat obstruction, Democrat investigations. And it's all, it, it all comes back to Kevin McCarthy. I mean, we thought, I, I, I long suspected that he was like this. I mean, you can't rise to power in the GOP and hold that power as long as McCarthy had without embodying rhino politics. It's not possible, right? He would have been forced out ages ago. But this shows his true colors, that he was anti-Trump all along. He wanted Trump to resign. He bought into the narrative. The question is why? Why would anyone in their right mind hold the belief that Donald Trump should resign just days before he's set to leave office anyway? What does that accomplish? That's just... I don't know. I don't really know what they thought that would accomplish. It would send a message. It would show that the GOP is tough on January 6th. It's stupid. But the fact that he allowed that to, to continue within his caucus shows that he doesn't have the stones for this job. He doesn't. He doesn't. He is not the conservative leader that conservatives deserve. We deserve better. And unless we work hard as long as we as, unless we work harder than we've ever worked before in a few months he's going to be speaker of the house he's going to be speaker of the house but it gets worse he wasn't just anti-trump he wasn't just anti-trump he was also anti-conservatism there is a second call that has been released by the new york times in which mccarthy after january 6th was going at Congressman Gates, Congressman Gomer, for calling out Republican rhinos. You'll remember that after January 6th, Matt Gates was one of the most vocal defenders of Donald Trump. And he was one of the most vocal op- opponents to the establishment rhinos within the caucus who were doing everything possible to try and take Trump down even just days before he was set to be replaced. McCarthy on this call with Liz Cheney, on this call with Steve Scalise, we're talking about how <laughs> terrible Matt Gates was. I'll play this clip in its entirety for you to listen. Let's go ahead and play cut four. The thing I want to bring up, and I'm making some phone calls to some members. Um, I, just, I just got something sent now about Newsmax, something Matt Gates said where he's calling people's names out, saying an anti-Trump in this type of uh, atmosphere um, in some of the other places. This is, this is serious stuff people are doing that has to stop. 
give it a yeah, I think Mo, Mo and, uh, and Louie's comments, too, a lot of members have said some real concerning things about... Did they say something, did they say something today, too? Not that Louie was at, I mean, um, Mo was at the rally, you know, the we're, we're kicking ass and taking names thing at the Trump rally. Uh, well, these are the things right before they kick that ass. Okay, what did Gates say? Gates Gates brought up Liz specifically. I just saw that on Twitter. Someone just sent it. um, Gonzalez just sent it to me, so I'm calling Gates. I'm explaining to him. I don't know how to say, but I'm going to have some other people call him too. But the nature of what, if I'm getting briefing, I'm going to get another one from the FBI tomorrow. Uh, This is serious shit to cut this out. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's, uh, I mean, it's potentially illegal. What do you Illegal? Doing? Well, he's putting people in jeopardy, and he, he doesn't need to be doing this. He, we, we saw what people would do in the Capitol, um, you know, and these people came prepared with, with rope, with everything else. Man. So you see that he bought the left's narrative, hook, line, and sinker. Oh, they came with ropes. They were going to kill us all. I know plenty of people who were at January 6th. They were not there to hang people. I know other people that probably wanted that to happen. But almost everyone everyone I know who actually went, as opposed to said, said they were going to go but didn't, everyone I know who actually went to January 6th didn't want that. They wanted their voice to be heard. They felt voiceless. And for good reason, right? They had been forced to hide inside. They'd lost their businesses. They had been locked down for a year. The masks put on them, uh, vaccine mandates coming at them, come down the pike. And then this comes and, th- and they wake up the day after the election. And they just know it was stolen. And they see everything coming out, all the things that I spent the better part of 2021 document. They see it all and they just know in their hearts, hearts that this is not right. That this man who can barely put a sentence together did not win more votes than anyone in the history of the country. So they went to D.C. because they did not feel that their voices were being adequately heard. So they went there to get loud. You hear Steve Scalise say, oh, what they're saying is illegal. He's referring to the Matt Gates comment and the uh, Louis Gohmert comment that we're going to kick ass and take names. That's not a threat. I mean, there, there's lots of threats out there. Revving up a crowd and saying, let's go kick ass and take names. That's not a threat. And you hear them hear these pearl clutching Republicans. So, oh, oh, we've been threatened. We've been threatened. Here is Matt Gates's response to that's up on the screen. I'll read it for everyone on the audio version. If you haven't already subscribed to the audio version, please do. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible. All those links are in the description. Matt Gates says, quote, Representative McCarthy and Representative Scalise held views about President Trump and me that they shared on sniveling calls with Liz Cheney, not us. This is the behavior of weak men, not leaders. Folks know what I think because I tell them clearly, directly, as I did when I held the largest event in Wyoming political history without a rodeo element days after these recordings were taken. While I was protecting President Trump from impeachment, they were protecting Liz Cheney from criticism. They deemed it incendiary or illegal to call Cheney Kinzinger anti-Trump, a label that both proudly advertise today. 
On the bread side, you no longer have to be a lobbyist with a $5,000 check to know what McCarthy and Scalise really think. You just have to listen to their own words as they disparage Trump and the Republicans in Congress who fight for him. End quote. Statement from Congressman Matt Gates. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And here's the other bit. It's not just Matt Gates. It's not just Louis Gomer. McCarthy refused to step forward and defend any Republicans who were being censored by big tech. McCarthy claims that when he gets in power, he's going to fight against big tech censorship. The problem is you don't have to be in, in power. You don't have to be a majority leader or a speaker of the house to do that. Even in the minority, you have tremendous power. McCarthy has refused to wield it, even as members of his own caucus have been deplatformed, depersoned from many of these social media platforms. And there was an instance where Marjorie Taylor Greene was taken down and McCarthy refused to, to take uh, to defend her. This is a clip of Marjorie Taylor Greene with Tucker Carlson on his other show on uh, Fox Nation last year. Let's play this clip. Let's play cut five. Here's what I don't understand. Again, I don't, I, you know, this is just the, I'm trying to channel the frustration of, I think, of a lot of people. But Kevin McCarthy, California, super nice guy. He expects to be speaker. He will be because Republicans are going to take control, not because of what he did, because of what Biden screw ups. Okay, he's about to be really powerful. He issued a statement saying, "When we get in power, we're going to do something about Section 230." I'm confused. Why wouldn't a guy who thinks he should be Speaker of the House be defending members of his own conference by calling up Twitter and saying, "You, you get her back on there right now, or else we're going to punish you." This is censorship, and we're not going to put up with it. Like, how can you lead a political party if you can't even do yeah. that? Well, that's what a lot of people are asking. Yeah, that's what a lot of people were asking. And now we know why. Because in that clip, it cut short a little bit um, on the MSNBC clip I was able to pull. On that clip, there's another bit of McCarthy actually expressing hope that big tech companies will censor Republican congressmen and congresswomen for their statements. So let me just be absolutely clear. You have Kevin McCarthy, House Minority Leader, publicly decrying censorship from tech companies like Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, but in private, expressing outrage that his colleagues would criticize people like Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger and in private saying that he hopes big tech companies will censor them even more. I want to play this bit from Tucker Carlson. I don't think it's the actual clip, but this is him reading from it. Let's play cut six. We do not mean certainly to suggest that it's only Democrats who favor censorship for political ends. Republican leaders support it too. In a phone call reported today by the New York Times, for example, Congressman Kevin McCarthy of California told his close friend Liz Cheney that he hoped the social media companies would censor more conservative Republicans in Congress. Donald Trump, the sitting president, had already been silenced by those companies, but McCarthy wanted the tech oligarchs to do more, to force disobedient lawmakers off the Internet. Quote, quote, can't they take their Twitter accounts away too? Those are the tape-recorded words of Congressman Kevin McCarthy, a man who in private, turns out, sounds like an MSNBC contributor. 
And yet, unless conservatives get their act together right away, Kevin McCarthy, or one of his highly liberal allies, like Elise Stefanik, is very likely to be Speaker of the House in January. That would mean we will have a Republican Congress led by a puppet of the Democratic Party. So you wouldn't know any of this unless it was leaked. And you can start to see why the people in charge oppose transparency and fervently support censorship on both sides. Why? Because the more you know about them, the less satisfied you're likely to become with their leadership. So here's the other big question. So, I mean, and it, that should be the last nail in the coffin. I mean, how can Kevin McCarthy ever expect to be Speaker of the House when he is tape recorded privately calling for Republican congressmen and congresswomen to have their social media accounts censored by Democrat big tech companies? All because they are criticizing rhinos. I mean, that person should not be allowed anywhere near the levers of power. I, I think that, that's safe to say. I want to know who leaked this because nothing happens by accident. Those were Republicans on that call. Democrats do not, are not allowed onto Republican leadership conference calls. So someone from the Republican side leaked it to those reporters writing that book and then to the New York Times. It's been suspected that it's Liz Cheney. Um, uh, you can listen to it and you'll know that it's recorded from a third person perspective. So it's not like you can hear Liz Cheney in the room being recorded. Everything is recorded through the actual conference call line, just so you can't tell where it came from. At least they're smart. Could have been Liz Cheney. Could have been conservatives on that call too, or who got that recording, decided to release it preemptively to take down McCarthy. It could have been Democrats. It could have been independents or Democrats. There's a reason. And they're gunning for McCarthy. Now, the Democrats, it's obvious what the Democrats want from this. They want to stop Republicans from retaking the House. Rhinos want to retake the House and the Senate and still have this guy grab power. Conservatives obviously want to retake Congress and stop McCarthy from becoming Speaker of the House. We don't know who leaked it. Everyone has their own agenda. And when you read the news, when you watch the news, Always remember there's an agenda behind everything. As I said earlier, the, facts that, the fact that Fox News was so slow, I actually don't even know if they've since played it. They were so slow to air these tapes, talk about these tapes, shows you that they were trying to protect McCarthy. The fact that MSNBC and CNN won't shut up about it, obviously they see an opening for Democrats to cause some serious damage. And that's where it puts us in an interesting position. What do we want to happen? Do we want to lose the House if it means getting rid of these people? That's the question. Do you want the House of Representatives and the Senate to stay in Democrat hands, but we successfully remove these rhinos? That's, that's, that's a very difficult question, isn't it? Because for all, as much as I hate the enemy of my enemy, the lesser of two evil argument, there is an argument to be made that even a House in control controlled by rhinos is better than a house controlled by Pelosi. That is true. Marginally better, but still true. That's the argument that the, that the establishment Republicans are going to push hard and say, Hey, listen, nobody's perfect, but we have to stop the Democrats. It's always about the Democrats, the Democrats, the Democrats. I don't know if it's possible for, for McCarthy to lose his primary. If it is, I, I hope it happens. I really, really do.
And if you live in his district or you know people in his district, please get them to vote for whoever his primary opponent. I don't even know if he has a primary opponent. I haven't even looked into it that deep. But what's, what's clear here is, I mean, this is going to sound crazy. I don't want a Republican House if it means this man is running it. I don't want a Republican-controlled House if it means that this party is running it. I just put up a page from foxnews.com published today. Headline, quote, McCarthy gets standing ovation during House GOP meeting after leaked audio tapes. I just played you the tapes that we know of so far. I mean, never assume that that's everything. There are, they are holding punches for sure. There is more. And that's how these book drops usually go. Leak little by little by little. And eventually the big one comes. The fact that the GOP allegedly, according to these sources, held a standing ovation for McCarthy after news broke that he, A, wanted to tell Donald Trump to resign, B, um, wanted social media tech companies to start suspending and taking away the accounts of conservative members. Um, I don't want that party in charge. If that happened, if Republicans gave him a standing ovation, I don't want the Republicans to control the House of Representatives. I don't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is it possible to be any more out of touch? Is it possible to be any more disconnected with your base than this? If that actually happened and there was a standing ovation, it wasn't just Elise Stefanik and Steve Scalise and a couple other rhinos. If it was truly everyone applauding McCarthy, the news that McCarthy was going to try and force Trump to resign, that I don't want that party to hold any power whatsoever. I'm sorry. It's not just... It's not just a uh, it's not just a McCarthy problem. This headline shows that it is much deeper than that. It's not just Steve Scalise and Steve Scalise. Bless him for coming back from that shooting. We all wanted to make sure that he recovered from that terrible attack by a Bernie Sanders supporter at the uh, the baseball practice outside the Capitol. We we all were praying for him to get better. But in the midst of that, we all kind of forgot that he's in the same boat as McCarthy. These people got power because they are establishment Republicans. And if the entire party gave him a standing ovation after what we just learned, then no, they don't deserve to win. No, they do not deserve to hold power. I'm sorry. At that point, it is not a lesser of two evils. It is just evil. If they are applauding a man who is encouraging privately more big tech censorship to stop people from criticizing rhinos, then no. Republicans don't deserve to hold power. If they are applauding a man who literally just <laughs> on tape, we see it buying into the January 6th BS and saying that Trump should resign. No, they shouldn't hold power. And, and yeah, that's terrifying to say because it means Nancy Pelosi gets another two years. And I'm not telling you don't vote Republican, vote, re vote conservative, vote for Republicans, Right. Absolutely vote. Do not let Democrats win. But for goodness sake, we have a chance this spring, this summer, to remove a lot of these people. We have to take it. We have to take it. We have to remove these rhinos. Every single one of them has to stand for a primary. Actually, some of them are running unopposed, which should tell you even more. Running unopposed. Nah, if this happened, if this standing ovation happened, they do not deserve to hold power, and I will not crack open a beer. I will not pop the champagne if they win.
sorry, I mean, I will celebrate the fact that Joe Biden no longer has a Democrat House. Fine. But I will not toast a party that gives this man a standing ovation. Sorry, won't do it. Nor will I ever toast this man ever again. The book that was released says that McConnell said he was exhilarated that Donald Trump had finally discredited himself. Exhilarated. This is the other side of the coin, people. You have Kevin McCarthy on one side. You have Mitch McConnell on the other. It is, there's, <laughs> there's no good options here. And yet these people, I mean, they just, I was reading today that the Republicans expect to nominate and elect Mitch McConnell to be Senate majority leader or minority leader next year. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> and this is what gets me feeling so down. And I don't want to feel down because my, my batteries are recharged. My book is released, which again, if you haven't, I'll spend more on it. Available on Amazon, Conservative's Guide to Winning Every Gun Control Argument. That link is in the description. I don't want to feel down because there's a lot of good things happening. But when you see that these are the people that are going to hold power, that they're relying on us to take back D.C., and these are the people that are going to take power for themselves. No, it, 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 it gets me feeling down. But again, it doesn't have to be that way because we can remove almost all of these people in the primary process. So if you live in, well, I mean, every member of Congress is on the ballot, right? So if you live in a district where a rhino represents you, I strongly encourage you not just to vote, not just to get your friends to vote, but volunteer your time, donate to the challenger, the conservative challenger, and help them win that seat. You'd be surprised at how easy it is to unseat an incumbent. Most of these races, even when they have a, a challenger, most of these rhinos are only getting reelected by like 10, 11, 12,000 votes. A few thousand people voting against this guy can take him out. I mean, we saw, we've seen examples in Virginia, all around the country of entrenched Republicans getting ripped out of power. Democrats too. Look at, uh, what's his name? I forget his name. The Democrat that um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez beat. He was like the number two most powerful Democrat in the House. And she just took him out with a couple thousand votes. It is doable. But it's up to you. It's up to you to donate your time. It's up to you to donate your money to these challenges. Don't donate to, to organizations that are just going to waste your money, right? Don't, don't donate to the GOP, for goodness sake. Do not donate to the GOP. Donate to the challengers directly and, and give of your time, give of your energy to help them defeat these rhinos. Before we go, I want to play this clip. Ah, I'm not going to play it. It was uh, Liz Warren. You can find it. It's Liz Warren uh, calling uh, Kevin McCarthy a traitor. And, and when I saw that, I was like, traitor? That's, a, that's strong language. But the Democrats are trying to use this claim that he was light on January 6th. So everyone's trying to use this for their own aims, their own goals. What's being lost in the middle of all this, though, is that conservatives, unless we fight, are going to get stuck with these, uh, with these rhinos. So yeah, you have to donate your time. You have to donate your money. You have to donate your energy and your effort to unseating these rhino candidates, these rhino incumbents. And please, have a couple months to do this if you haven't already. Please do reach out to those um, challengers. 
Before we go, um, again, I want to mention that my book is now available, The Conservative's Guide to Winning Every Gun Control Argument. This is my proof copy, so it has that little, um, has that little uh, watermark on it. But when you buy it, it does not have that. Conservative's Guide to Winning Every Gun Control Argument. This is my baby. I've been writing it over four years, taking every single gun control argument that I've argued um, and putting it into a... I say it's concise. It's not concise. It's 446 pages. This is like a textbook that you get in a college course. Um, it, it, but it has to be, right? There's no pocket. There won't be a pocket edition for this book. There's just too much out there. So in this book, I go through the major uh, court cases and laws dealing with uh, the Second Amendment gun rights, major executive orders that have happened over the years, um, taking, taking action against chipping away at your Second Amendment rights, and then going bit by bit by bit through all the different debates and arguments, giving you the tools that, and the knowledge that you need to win these arguments because they're winnable. The left is nothing if they're not predictable. They trot out the same talking points over and over and over again. So if you're prepared, you can defeat them. This is going to be the first book in a series of conservative guide books. Uh, next one will be on abortion. But if you want to support me, want to support the show, this is one way you can do it. Head on over to Amazon, pick up the Conservative's Guide to Winning Every Gun Control Argument in paperback. Available now. Link is in the description. And there will be ones available if you are truly against purchasing on Amazon. I understand. Um, I went with them because they make it very easy, very, very easy to put your book up and they will print as they're bought. So I don't have to buy a thousand books and then ship them out myself or pay someone a warehouse. And this is print to order. So when you order, when you order it, they print it and ship it to you. Super easy. I will be going into other stores as well. I'm going to get that today. I just have to finish formatting the ebook version. That's a nightmare. I might just pay someone to do that. But uh, if you want to support the show available on Amazon today, link is in the description. Well, that's going to be it for this edition of the Max McGuire show. My name is Max McGuire. If you like this show, please do subscribe. Please do subscribe on Rumble. That's where we are live streaming these days. Rumble.com, The Max McGuire Show. Very easy to subscribe. Hit that subscribe button and get notifications. We will be going live at 1 p.m. Eastern. Um, I, I don't know if we'll stay here. I like the time slot. Let me know if you like the time slot. Um, 1 p.m. Eastern is the plan now, Monday through Friday. It's been a, a, a little over a week and a half, but I'm back. So make sure you subscribe. And if you like the show a lot, make sure you subscribe to the audio edition that's available on App Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible. All those links are in the description as well. Um, yeah, so that's going to be it for this edition of the Max McGuire Show. Again, pick up my book. That's it. See you tomorrow, guys. Remember, the fight to take back our country is not over yet. But the only way we win is if we all stamp and fight together. <laughs>